Hey, welcome to the H&HR podcast. My name is Heather Taves. And I am Heidi Bolt. And we're sisters. We believe here at the H&H Hour that your ordinary is extraordinary. Thanks for listening. Hello, H&H listeners. Welcome back to our show. We're so happy to have you here with us today. My name is Heather Taves, and I'm sitting beside my beautiful co-host, who is also my sister, and her name is Heidi Bolt. Hi, friends. We're glad that you're here. Heather, this is going to be a fun one. Yes. We say that about everyone, though. Well, okay. I think this is the thing. Like, we genuinely love people. That's true. And that people are our thing. You know, people ask all the time, like, what's your hobby? And this might sound weird, but for me, it's truly... People are your hobby? No, it's just, like, (laughs) I love people. Yeah. And I love people's stories, and I love seeing how God is working in people's lives. Yeah, I agree. You know, when you take just a moment to hear someone's story, it can change your life. Yes. I mean, I was just in the grocery store the other day and I just asked very simple questions of this cashier and she started pouring her story out to me. Yeah. And it really took very little effort from me, but I gave her the chance to share yeah. about her life. And that's what this podcast is about. It's about taking ordinary people mm-hmm. and saying, let's hear their extraordinary stories. Yeah. And let's give them a place to share them. Yeah. Okay. So we're excited to, to welcome actually one of our cousins onto the show today. Yeah. We have our cousin by marriage, Aaron Haven. Welcome to the H&H Hour, Aaron. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. We're excited to connect with you. Cousin by marriage. Isn't there a technical term for that? I don't know if cousin-in-law is actually a thing, but... I guess that's I, what it would be, sort I, of. I guess. Yeah. So this is our cousin-in-law, Aaron. <laughs> Aaron Haven. We would say cousin-in-love. Cousin-in-love. Um, and Aaron, you truly married one of the sweetest women on the entire planet. I think so, but, you know, I'm kind of biased, um, but I love her to death, so... So fun. She's amazing. Kara, I remember the day she was born. So do I. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't. Thank goodness. That would be weird. (laughs) Okay, so Erin, for our listeners um, who may not know you, give us a little bit of information about your world and who you are. Well, um, I feel old, but I don't know that I'm actually that old. I'll be 26 this year. Um, Kara and I got married in early 2016, so we just celebrated I. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, our fifth anniversary. <laughs> Congratulations. Wow. Um, which That's seems amazing. crazy. Yeah. It seems like it wasn't that long ago that, you know, we, it was our day of our wedding. Um, we have two daughters now. We have a two and a half year old and an almost three month old. Um, and just living and loving life, loving the season that we're in right now. Um, it's kind of everything that we've hoped for and dreamed for and wished for mm. since we first met. So it's, it's amazing being in this time now. I remember when you first, when Kara first brought you to the big family gathering. Um, Which is a big gathering. It's a big gathering. Yeah. Uh, it's It can be intimidating for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, I remember liking you from the very beginning. Same. There was something about you that I was like, yep, Kara, yes. This is this We is receive right. him. All right. <laughs> I like hearing that. It makes me feel good. Um, it was, I mean, it was a big gathering, but the one thing I remember walking into that is I, it was at um, your mom's house. Yeah. And I walked in, walked in the door, and the first person I saw was Holly. Mm. I was like, what are you doing here? I, I don't oh, know what's going on. You already knew Holly? Yeah. We went, to school. we went to school together. Yeah. We had classes together. Wait, you didn't know they were related? Not at all. Had wow. no idea. It was never mentioned. Mm. I mean, it was probably mentioned like last name, but I just didn't put it together. Yeah. And then walked in and saw Holly, and then I saw Stephen next. And I was like, "What is going on? Why? I don't understand this." So and now you're related to all. It was kind of cool 
knowing people. Like, it's yeah. just a small world. You know? Was that Thanksgiving, Buffalo yep. Tro, when Grandpa went out to the fire and did his whole story thing? with? The... I don't think so. I oh. think that was before Aaron. Oh, it was. Okay. I think. I know okay. it was it was Thanksgiving. Okay. I remember that. Because um, there haven't was, been very many at my mom's house. No, there, I don't think that we've been there since, like that I've been around. Okay. Um, and I remember being introduced to noodles at family gathering. Yes. And I thought it was the weirdest thing. <laughs> and now what do you think? Uh, now? It's, you know, you just got to put it on everything. It's it's right? like the, you the have best to have part noodles. of the meals. Okay, Aaron, my husband says the same thing. So when he first came to a family gathering, he was like, what in the world? You've got turkey, potatoes, and then these noodles. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this is maybe the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, you just wait. Don't mm-hmm. be judgmental until you have tried. No, no, no. I, I don't eat carbs all year just so I can have noodles. Right? It, and it now, threw me off. It really did. Now, like if you were to show up at Candler Family Christmas or any holiday and there were no noodles. Somebody's sick. Like, what would uh-huh. you do? There's something wrong. Uh-huh. Yes. That's, that's what I yeah. got to find out then. And it would not be complete. <laughs> and you take the meat and you put the potatoes on top and top it all with the noodles. I mean, it's thank you, better. Grandma. Thank you so much. The only, the other thing I remember about that is uh, trying cheese ball for the first time. Yes. I never oh. had cheese ball. And I took a bite of it, the first bite, and I was like, eh, I mean, it's not, it's not that great. And the looks <laughs> that I got from around the table, like, I thought I was going to get, like, picked up and thrown out of the house. Like, you, you don't say that. But now, like, we make it all the time. It's- okay, so I remember pulling Kara aside at that event, and I'm, a, I'm like, 11 years older than Kara, and I remember saying, okay, it's fine. I approve. Like, he can stay. <laughs> It's totally fine. Even though he's eh about the cheese ball. Yeah. Cheese ball. Yeah. yeah. You know what I love about this is now, and we'll get into this in a little bit as to why this is the case, but now you and Kara host um, several of our large mm-hmm. family yeah. gatherings mm-hmm. in the place where you live. So I think that is, is so neat mm-hmm. that it's kind of come full circle. That is cool. And that's not the first time I've heard that about um, Kara and I yeah. being together. I remember when we first, so that Thanksgiving wasn't, that long after we had met Mm -hmm. six months maybe Mm -hmm. um but when we had met i remember the first week i went home from camp we met at a summer camp and my mom told me like the first time my kara met my family was the day after my mom's wedding so it was like the entire family there too Uh, and i remember my mom telling me at that point like she that that she had this feeling Mm -hmm. she couldn't explain the feeling but she had the feeling that it was like a calming feeling of that's the person that God has chosen for yeah. my son. That's and so And she cool. told me that. Um, and that was, you know, that was a big deal for me. Mm. So it's cool hearing that. Like it wasn't just my own mother saying mm-hmm. that. It yeah. was yeah. Outside, of that, outside of that. Yeah. I want to go back to a moment, for a moment, to your wedding. Um, I remember you guys did something really special and something that you don't see very often at all. You had a foot washing. Mm-hmm. where you washed Kara's feet and she washed yours. Mm-hmm. And I know this, we didn't put these in our questions to you. So I might be catching you off guard here, but why did you do that? Why was it significant to you? And tell us tell us about that. So from the very beginning of when Kara and I met, we met at a summer camp, which is where we work full time now and where we live. Um, but we met at a summer camp with the idea that we were going out to, to minister for that summer. We were going out to have a new experience, um, not just for ourselves, but for the kids that were going to be coming out to camp. Uh, so starting right off, we knew that we both liked to, to do ministry. We liked to, to, to serve. Um, and then through getting to know, know her further, getting to 
know her through college, through taking classes. Um, we went to Lincoln Christian University, so at a Christian college, I can't even count on two hands how many times we took the spiritual gifts and the, the love languages test. It, <laughs> it happened all the time. <laughs> and every single time, our number one thing on both of us was, was service, mm-hmm. every single time. And it's happened, you know, we can walk into a room where there's a bunch of kids and Kara will immediately ditch me and go off and play with the kids. Mm-hmm. It's just how her heart is. So the idea of washing each other's feet to us was a representation of not just to each other, but to everyone else that was around to help keep us accountable for this, that we're starting off this marriage with the idea that we are there to serve one another. We're there mm-hmm. to to do ministry, do what we're called to do, and we're there to serve one another in that. So it's not my ministry that she's helping with. It's not her ministry that I'm helping with. Mm-hmm. It's a ministry that we're working towards furthering the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. and we're doing it together in the idea of this isn't for us. This is, we're going out to serve. Um, and the example of washing feet in the mm-hmm. Bible is probably the biggest example that anyone would even think of of acts of service. You know, mm-hmm. the, Jesus had no no reason to be down washing people's feet, mm-hmm. but he understood that he's not better than the people that are in the room. We're not better than the kids that we serve. We're not better than the community that we serve. We're not better than anybody, but we're here to serve. Mm-hmm. So that that was kind of our um, our way of just helping keep each other accountable, but telling each other in a, in a very meaningful way. Um, feet are gross, no matter whose feet they are, <laughs> but it's a very intimate thing mm-hmm. when you wash somebody's feet. Mm-hmm. You you get to know the, the dirtiest and the roughest part of, of them. Um, and doing that up on stage is, it's to us, it was a very big deal. That was the, the biggest, the most impactful part of our wedding, personally. Well, it was very impactful. And I think that the fact that you did it in front of all those witnesses mm-hmm. and now all those witnesses get to hold you accountable to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it will forever remind me mm-hmm. of your hearts. Yeah. And I, I think that is so beautiful. And I just I just want to publicly affirm you, both of you, that that was such a – I feel like, you know, marriage is tough. Mm-hmm. And I work in a – a realm of life where we see a lot of marriages and work with a lot of couples where marriages are broken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was such a reminder of like the hope yeah. right. of what marriage should be and can be. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say, well done. Thank and you. It, it showed not just on the stage, but it shows in your everyday life mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. and how we see you treat each other. We saw a lot of people who, at being Christian college, you go to so many weddings. It it happens a lot through Christian college. And I'm not like bashing any of these things, but we saw all the, the knot tying. We saw the sand pouring. We saw the, you know, pretty much anything you can imagine. And all those have meanings that are very impactful to the people that are participating in them. Uh, but that just wasn't our thing. Mm-hmm. We knew that our our relationship needed to start off at a deeper level mm-hmm. for the two of us mm-hmm. because that's where our passion was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could tell pretty early on what my calling in my life was. And I think that's a very rare thing that somebody Mm -hmm. can figure out early on. And I think Kara was in the same boat. So it was really cool that we could start off Mm -hmm. doing that together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So foundational. So beautiful. We typically start off by asking all of our guests the same questions, but I want to skip those for now. And maybe we'll come back to those at the end. But I want to, because we're talking about marriage right now, um, I want to ask you this, Aaron. So you've been married five years. Yep. Working on the fifth. Working on the fifth. Okay. So how do you stay connected with Kara in a world of countless distractions? So I know it's very cliche to say, but technology has really 
hindered personal communication. Yeah. Uh, and I know I sound like an old person when I say that because I'm <laughs> right in the age where like, I don't remember a time where internet didn't exist. Yeah. It's, it's always been a thing. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it takes effort to keep connected. And I think one thing that really helps us out as we live in the middle of the woods and sometimes technology doesn't work mm. and it forces us to focus on different ways to communicate. I mean, there's times where the internet will go down and we'll be sitting there like looking at each other like, I guess we could play a game, but that's not the first thing that we think of on a daily basis. Uh, so it's taken a lot of effort. It's taken a lot of work. But I think the best thing that's happened to us is shortly after Amia was born. So three-ish months ago, uh, we made a decision before she was born to start once she was born. But every single Thursday... We drop the kids off and we, we go do something together. Mm. Sometimes it's going out to eat. Sometimes it's doing a grocery shopping. Uh, one time we went to the batting cages. So it's it doesn't even have to be this big, extravagant, planned out thing. Sometimes we don't even think of it until the morning of. But that forces us to go have adult interactions, mm. uh, have time where it's just the two of us. We can focus on each other's needs and conversation and stuff like that. Uh, and we try to do that without being connected to our phones. We obviously know if something goes wrong, somebody needs to contact us. But, you know, the occasionally we'll make exceptions of the Cubs are on. Let's go to Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah. Uh, but the the whole point is to be together. Um, and I think a lot of people get very caught up and we have kids now. Our life has changed forever. We had people tell us the first time we got pregnant with Jada that our life was about to change and it was mm. going to end. And our mm. whole idea behind that was no it's not going to end it's going to be different we're yeah. going to have to focus our intention on on different things right i'm um, doing things with the kids making time without the kids uh, and we currently live in a house that is a two-bedroom house or a two-room house our kitchen and living room is one room and then we have a bedroom so getting time away from the kids doesn't happen at home um, but luckily we live on 155 acres so it's very possible to go out on a walk um, you know kind of do things outside so We've just had to make it a goal that we will spend at least one night a week, the two of us together. That's incredible. Um, throughout the week, we do, you know, we'll play games, we'll we'll watch a movie together, whatever it happens to be. But we know Thursday night, we don't plan things on Thursday night. Other activities don't happen. Once we have a babysitter, get off work, we drop the kids off and we spend a couple hours together. That's so great. And you probably look forward to that so much, don't absolutely. you? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It. It has been huge for us. And I'm like, we haven't been struggling in our, our relationship or conversations or anything like that, but it's just refreshing to go back to, you know, the time when I fell in love with her, yeah. the time that it's, it's her that I get to focus on. Yeah. So we, you know, and we try not to even talk about work at that mm -hmm. time. It's what else is going on? What well, else and then you don't yet? let too much time pass before mm -hmm. you can open your heart up and mm -hmm. share your fears or your concerns mm -hmm. or your joys. Right. And you know that she's there as a great, I mean, mm -hmm. she's a great listener and mm -hmm. she's so compassionate and tender. And yep. so you know that you've got your, you know, your biggest fan mm -hmm. sitting right across from you. And I love That's that huge. you're being proactive about it because what happens so often in marriage is that the kids come mm -hmm. and the marriage gets put on the back burner. Mm -hmm. And you guys were so proactive and intentional to say, okay, baby number two is here. Mm -hmm. yeah. We're going to make our marriage a priority. Right. And that, you guys, that is, you're going to get 20 years down the road mm -hmm. and your marriage is going to be incredible Yeah, because at year four and a half, five, mm -hmm. you've said, this is important. Right. And, and 
I just, uh, going back again to, I see so many broken marriages mm-hmm. and it's because the foundation, because you guys at day one mm-hmm. said, this is our foundation. Yeah. Right. And then at day, whatever, four and a half times 365 <laughs> is, I don't know. Um, I am not my brother's, the math whizzes, yeah. but um, you've said again, our marriage is is important and significant. Right. And I just believe, yeah. and I know that you will at year seven and then at year mm-hmm. 10 and then at year 15, you're going to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. So well done. Yeah. I Good knew job. when the, when the first baby was here, it wasn't the easiest thing to take her out, but we only had one, you know, mm-hmm. we could pass her off when somebody was eating, we could, you know, still do things together, but having two is a whole different ball game. Yeah. So, um, we definitely wanted to make that, make that a priority. And it, it, has continued to be a priority. I think we've only missed one, one or two Thursdays because of weather. Mm. It just makes more sense to stay in. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that we can't spend time together on those evenings. It yeah. just, it's a different way. That's so cool. Yeah. I love that. What surprised you the most about being a dad? People are going to get mad for saying this, but I've been thinking about this a lot. Babies are boring. Mm-hmm. Infants are extremely boring. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> All they do is like my, my interaction of hanging out with her is all right get back to sleep like she's been awake for a while she's tired all right i'll get you back to sleep Mm -hmm. um but i think that the coolest surprise for me and it took being a parent to realize this um i didn't realize how many things i had to learn or Mm -hmm. that people in general had to learn and watching jada now two and a half years old figure things out, develop a personality, develop a sense of humor, develop sass, uh, whatever it happens to be. It, it doesn't come like she's not born with the ability to use a fork, but she can learn how to use a fork. Yeah. But I sit down and I use a fork at least three times a day, sometimes mm. 20 times a day. But, <laughs> you know, simple things like that. Um, we just recently started Jada and tumbling and it's the cutest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Um, which is part of one of the other questions of like when it, you know, sometime I've been really happy recently is she tells mom that tumbling's a daddy thing. Oh. So I get to walk her through her tumbling and, you know, jump on the trampolines with her and all of that stuff. But the idea of like a somersault, it is a really difficult concept, yeah. but they're learning how to do it and she's figuring it out and she's mm-hmm. taking baby steps to get there. And each time she goes to tumbling, she gets a little bit better and a little bit more comfortable and it's really cool as a parent to see that progression because I know that happened in my life with different things. You know, I've played baseball, softball my entire life. I didn't, you know, leave the hospital the day I was born and pick up a <laughs> ball and throw it across the field. Yeah. It's something that takes time. Yeah. So it's it's been really, really cool and a really big surprise to me to see that development of mm. all of that stuff. I took a lot of it for granted. Man, I love that so much because I feel like that's how we all should be our whole lives, right? Mm-hmm. We're never done learning, mm-hmm. right? Like there's always something that we need mm-hmm. to, that's really difficult, but that we can learn mm-hmm. whether we're two and a half or 41 or 80, like mm-hmm. there's always something. And if we have that mindset in our lives, like we'll never stop growing in our faith, mm-hmm. first of all, because there's always something new we can learn about our faith, but also just in life in general. Right. It's been a constant reminder even now, like. Like you said, I'm still learning. I'm in a position now where I'm having to do a lot of maintenance related things. I was never grown like I was never raised to do those maintenance things. I was raised in a family where if something broke, then usually we called somebody to fix it because mm. that was their job to fix it. So now it's falling on me to fix it. And I don't know how to do those things, but it it helps 
keep me calm and grounded in the fact that I can figure this out. It may mm. take some time, but I can figure it out. Jada doesn't try to do things one time, get frustrated and drop it. She mm. tries and tries and tries and tries and gets it. And then that sense of accomplishment of, you know, I'll, I'll never forget her little voice running into me, whatever it is saying, I did it. I did it. Daddy, I did it. Yeah. Like it's, it's one of the most precious sounds. So good. Yeah. So it's, it keeps me focused on, okay, this is frustrating. It's not working. I don't know why it's not working, but I can figure it out. That's wow. so good, Aaron. Okay. What's your advice for people that are getting ready to step into parenthood? Stop listening to other people's advice was mm. the biggest thing for me. Um, biggest thing for Kara too. We, when you are expecting a child, there's so many people that are saying, now make sure you put them down in the bed like this and make sure you feed them this and make sure they're wearing this when you go out in public. And we realized right away that every child is different. Yeah. Every child has their needs and every parenting couple is different. Yeah. It takes time to figure it out, <laughs> especially for a first time parent. You, you get into a routine, you figure out what works for you. It may not be the best thing but it's the best for your family in that time. Yeah. So it's good. Stop getting all caught up in this has to happen every time you have a child. Yeah. Figure it out. It it'll come. That's really it's, good. It's the one of the best things that I was told there there are two things that really stick out. One of them was it's really difficult to kill a baby. <laughs> they're they're very resilient. <laughs> they came out born just fine. Yeah. Right. Um but it's my first time being a parent. It's their first time being a baby. Yeah. So let's figure it out together. That's so good. That's so good. So good. Yeah, we, we live in this world where it's if we don't have it perfect, then mm-hmm. we're failing. Mm-hmm. And so much comparison. Yeah. Right. Like, this is Some, how I did it. Yeah. So you need to do it that way. And yeah. something I don't have to deal with, but like personally, but I see it. Yeah. Mom shaming is a real thing. Oh, yeah. It happens all the time. For sure. Yeah. And I know it's been a struggle for Kara at times, especially yeah. with social media. Yeah. You don't see the bad times. No. That's right. not what social media is about. Yes. Yeah. You see the highlights and the mom shaming thing is real. So we've, you know, had constant conversations of this is what works for us. Let's focus on this. This this is what needs to happen. So wise, Erin. Not so good. Okay, let's talk about your passion for your job. And along with that, um, because you work with students, Mm -hmm. have you always been passionate about students or how did you step into that role? So that that journey is kind of funny. Um I've grown up in a church home my entire life. Like I going to church ever since I can remember my mom taught Sunday school. But that wasn't ever really something that was me. Like I went because my family went. Even when I was in junior high and high school, I went because that's where my friends were at. But I didn't actually become like, like take hold of my own faith until my senior year of high school. Um, but going through that, you know, I'd go through youth groups. I'd go through Sunday schools. I was helping out in youth groups because that's, that's what we did. That's what when you grow up in the church, that's what you do. Um, but I knew going through high school that I just I wanted to make money. That's, I mean, that's kind of preached pretty hard through public schools. Is you know you have to be able to make ends meet if you want a family. You have to make money, and if you make money, you have to have a good job. So my first thought was going into engineering. That's what my dad did. So I just knew like, all right, that's that's what I'm gonna do. Um, but. Probably my sophomore year of high school, I got asked to volunteer for the junior high youth group. Mm. Sure, I guess you need volunteers, whatever. I basically showed up and hung out with kids for an hour before our youth group started. Uh, So I did that sophomore and junior and then senior year. And I kept feeling these nudges of like, I enjoy this. This is kind of cool. I like I like this. But I never like like settled on this is what I want to do for a career. But Mm. I kept getting these nudges like maybe maybe there's a, a, a career path in here. 
no, I want to make money kind of thing. And my idea at youth ministry at that point was you show up a couple times a week and you get paid for those times and the rest, you I don't know what you do. <laughs> I had no idea. You're broke. Right. Yeah. You just sit on your couch and twiddle your thumbs until it's time for youth group again. Um, <laughs> but senior year hit and I went on a winter retreat and decided at that winter retreat that I was going to start taking my faith more seriously, that it was something that I wanted to choose for myself and I wanted to be grounded in my own faith. What triggered that? What ignited that? Um, the the biggest thing that that sticks out in my mind during that whole whole situation is we were at this weekend winter retreat with our youth group, and it was the focus on um, life isn't easy. Yeah. And everybody knows that as you're going through life, like things happen that you. It doesn't matter if you're religious or not. You think like, why do bad things happen to good people? Yeah. And I felt like I was a good person. Why Why did I keep having these quote unquote bad things happen to me? Even though looking back at them now, it was a D on a paper in school and that, <laughs> why is that happening to me? Yeah. Um, but it was talking about how life isn't easy. And we were, the, the verse that was shared in our small group gathering time afterwards uh, was John 16, 33. It says, I've told you these things that in me you may have peace. In this mm. world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Mm. And hearing that at that point in time in my life was was kind of a, a wake-up call. Um, with being a senior in high school, I had friends that struggled with depression. I had friends that struggled with suicide. I had mm-hmm. friends that struggled with drinking and with drugs. And I knew that that wasn't the end. You know, mm-hmm. that's not what I was into, but that wasn't the end. That mm-hmm. wasn't what people had to be caught up in. And hearing that verse at that point in time, hearing the Jesus saying, I've overcome the world, mm-hmm. to me that was like, I can too. I'm stronger than this. I'm bigger than this. I can take hold of this. This is, this is something I want to do. So I made that decision at that winter retreat. And shortly after that, I was having lunch with my mom at, at Monocles and Morton. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I don't know, even know how the conversation came up, but at some, at one point she said, have you ever thought about the story of Jonah? I was like, yeah, I've heard it since I was a little kid. What are you talking Mm. about? She said, well, the story of Jonah, he keeps getting this call over and over and over and over again of exactly what he's supposed to do, and he continuously runs from it. Wow. He just runs and runs and never listens. And I I was like, What's your point, Mom? Okay. She was like, You've told me many times how much you love working in the youth ministry, how much you love being part of your youth group, how much how close you are with the youth pastor and with your small group leader. Have you thought about that? I was like, Wow. I I guess, and she like point blank to me said, Aaron, quit running. Stop running. So I went and talked to my youth pastor shortly after that. I was like, this is kind of what I'm thinking. What what's what's going on? Like why why is this why is this running through my mind right now? Um and I said, I think I'm, you know, kind of leaning into possible youth ministry. And I remember sitting in my youth pastor's office and him laughing at me and saying, Yeah, that's not for you. You're not you you can't do that. Hmm. And I'm a, I'm a competitive person, so I heard that and I was like, "Watch me!" Yeah, right. I'm uh-huh. gonna prove you wrong. Yeah. So that's what I did. I, you know, I decided that I was gonna go into into youth ministry. Um, about a month after I had that conversation with the youth pastor, he got fired for mm. something. I don't even know what. Mm. Um, but we brought in a new, a new youth pastor that came from Lincoln Christian University. He had just graduated, so I got a little bit of connections through there. Um, but I mean, he was a lot more personable to me. He was mm-hmm. a fresh college graduate, you know, having these conversations. He's obviously promoting a school he just graduated from. Um, so I was talking to him a little bit more about it. And he mentioned at one point, like, spend your summer right before college 
doing some sort of ministry. Go do something. Um, and then the next day, my mom sent me a text during school of a screenshot on Facebook of, hey, this camp in right outside Peoria is looking for a summer staff. Have, wow. have you thought about doing that for the summer? Wow. It's like, well, I'll sure, I'll go try it out. I'll get to live there. I get food. I get to play with kids, whatever. I'll give it a mm. try. So I applied and got hired. Um, and it was within that first summer that I truly felt that ministry was my calling. I didn't mm. know what to what capacity, yeah. but I knew ministry was what I was called to do. Um, so after that summer, I attended Lincoln Christian University, um, worked at that camp multiple summers afterwards. I eventually graduated with a youth ministry degree. Uh, but looking back at it now, I had I had a deep passion for inner city ministry. Mm. And I remember being in one of my youth ministry classes in college, having a conversation with my professor of I don't want to do traditional youth ministry. I There's nothing wrong with it. I, I commend people that want to do that, but that's not for me. I want yeah. to do something deeper than that. Uh, and I remember him telling me, well, if you're not doing traditional youth ministry, you're not doing youth ministry. Mm. And, you know, we butted heads on that for a really long time. No, I, I can do ministry without being in a church. Come on. Um, that That's just, that's who I was. I yeah. like talking to people. I like being around people. Yep. Um, and I'm, I've always been big on, I don't want to talk down to people yeah. about my faith and what I'm doing. I need yeah. to be with them. Yes. Um, so I, I kept thinking more and more about it and like camp ministry was perfect for me. Mm-hmm. I could, you know, spend my summer playing with kids that need Jesus. Need you love. Know, we, we yeah. primarily work with kids from low income families. So being able to bring kids from outside the city and experience something new and show them that there are people that love them, that care about them, that want the best for them. I knew that's, that's what that, that was for me. So going through college a week before I graduated, I get a phone call from the camp director. I had my internship set up before I graduated. I was going to be at a church in Washington. I was going to be an assistant youth pastor. Um, and, but it was going to be unpaid. So Mm -hmm. I was going to live at home Mm -hmm. and they were, they said at the end of that, we can't promise anything. I don't know what, what the end of this is, for, is all about. And it wasn't really your passion. No, it wasn't my passion, yeah. but I needed an internship to graduate. Yep. Yeah. So about a week before my internship was supposed to start, I got a phone call from the camp director at Camp Kearney. Uh, Paul said, hey, I have a position for an internship. I know you need it to graduate, but I need to know today if you're going to take it. It's like, uh, Did you say, I'm in? Okay. So I called Karen. <laughs> and I was like, look, this is this is a phone call that I have. And she was like, yeah, do it. Do it. So I took that. I had to cancel the other internship. Um, and I went through my internship at camp doing exactly what I've been doing all these years prior to that. Um, and then I was offered a job full time as soon as I graduated. So now looking back at it now, it's crazy to be past that, say, seeing everything, you know, stepping stones all the way up to where I'm at now. Yeah. But I had no idea as I was going through it yeah. that this is what needed to happen. It's just... Yeah. You know, God had that plan and he was going to get me to where he needed to be. Mm-hmm. I just needed to stop running for it, running wow. from it. And, you know, that conversation with my mom was a slap in the face. But, mm. you know, she's always told me ever since I was growing up that sometimes you need to be knocked flat on your back to force you to look up. Yes. And that's exactly what happened. You know, wow. my mom told me what I needed to hear in a loving way like my mom can do. Yeah. Um, and it it truly changed my life. I don't, wow. I don't know where I would be, what I would be doing if it weren't for that conversation. Wow. And you're literally in the perfect position for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a, a position. Um, I'm the assistant director at Camp Kearney. And this is a position that I can see myself retiring in. Yeah. And it's not very often that somebody goes to college and graduates college no. knowing what their passion is and getting the job that is then their lifetime career. It's It seems rare. And I'm 
I couldn't be it's happier amazing. with it. Aaron, it makes me think of God's word says that the steps of the righteous mm-hmm. are directed by the Lord. And as you were talking about that, mm-hmm. I just kept hearing that, mm-hmm. that yeah. you have just been directed yes. by the Lord and that he used the voice of your mama mm-hmm. to get you on the path right. and to give you confirmation and to remind you, mm-hmm. hey, you've got a call and a purpose and an anointing. Mm-hmm. You better get in line with right. the plan of God. Yep. And I think so often we need that. We need a voice of someone ahead of us to go, this is what I see in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need Call to be doing this. Right. Yep. And you know, leaders around us, parents and mm-hmm. leaders and people equipping us to go, mm-hmm. Do you know that you're good at this? Right. Now do it. Right. You know? So I love that she mm-hmm. did that for you. And I know people are very afraid to point that out in people. You know, it's it's not something that's easy to say, mm-hmm. especially somebody that's... Set you know, on some, something if, else. <laughs> if I was in engineering right now and my mom were to come to me and say that, I'd be like, I can't just drop my life and, Show me the and money, go mama. into that, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, you know, it has to come at the right time. And, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and I know it's very difficult, but... It's exactly what I needed yeah. at the time. It's it's a hundred percent what I needed. Wow. And I I like I said, I grew up in a, a Christian home. It wasn't anything that, you know, I needed to figure out for myself. I just needed to get to a point in my life where I it wasn't the thing I was supposed to do because my family went. Like right. it's it's my thing. Yeah. And then once I, I made that decision of this is my faith, I'm taking hold of, of my faith and going deeper in it, then God at that point was like, All right, it's time. This is it. Here we go. Okay, walk us through what it looks like. What does the summer at camp looks like? It's crazy, crazy busy. Um, We tell people all the time that the days are crazy long. The weeks are insanely short. Mm -hmm. Um, We run a a 10-week program for inner city kids in Peoria. Um, It's Camp Carney. It's run through the Southside Mission. Uh, It's one of the many ministries of Southside Mission. But the really unique, unique thing about Camp Carney is it's completely free. It doesn't matter where you come from. We don't ask for price tags. We don't ask for income, family size. You know, we just need your name and your address and emergency contact information. Um, and through a, our course of our 10-week program, we see about 400 kids. Mm-hmm. So, And that's all depending on if we get our staff hired. Last summer, we had a little bit of a struggle with some of our staff. Um, but a typical summer at Camp Carney, we had 197, so about 200 kids come to camp. We had 50 kids make a decision for Christ. Wow. So a quarter of the kids that come out to camp are, whether it's a first-time decision or a rededication, you know, it's it's a pretty big deal mm-hmm. what, what goes on there. Um, so we, we jam-pack the days full of activities. Um, a lot of people hear when they hear, oh, Camp Carney's free, it's not going to be as good as this camp that mm. I have to spend seven or $800 a week <laughs> to go to. And our goal is to not let that happen. Prove them wrong. <laughs> yeah. We want to do exactly what I did and say, I'll show you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so we try to run them through fishing and boating and rock wall and zip line and go-karts and hiking trails and swimming. Um, pretty much anything you can think of at a summer camp, mm-hmm. we have. Yeah. Um, and you've built a lot of that, haven't and we, you? We have. We've yeah. built a lot of it. Yeah. So it's it's been a crazy new experience, but... I've always been eager to learn new things mm-hmm. um, and get my hands on things. And I've always been a tinkerer, like trying to build mm-hmm. things and figure things out. So it's been really cool. Instead of doing it on Legos, I get to do it on Love two that. by fours. So we did a, so back to Heather's point earlier yeah. where you guys have started hosting mm-hmm. some of our large family gatherings Yep. because our grandparents are to the point where they're not able to host mm-hmm. everybody anymore. And the family is getting huge. It's huge. <laughs> it's like a town coming together. Um <laughs> But so our kids have experienced Camp Carney. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not campers, but right. they've experienced being out there. And mm-hmm. you have made it. 
this amazing obstacle course and this um what what did you just build that the, the um the escape, escape room, room. Yeah. you've got an okay. escape room okay i've done an escape room and it was awful. You didn't like it. And then, I didn't like it either. And then I did Aaron's escape yes. room, escape room, and I was like, "That was the best thing we've ever done." Yes, it was well, I so much fun. Going into that, you were like, "Yeah, I'll go watch. I'll watch the kids do it." Yeah. And then got into it, and it was it was great. Well, and we, we've all... even changed it up and added things. Since okay, you've so been Easter, there, so I'm doing go. it. We're coming so, back. And then right. so all the lame adults that wouldn't do it. Then we go back and we're like, you guys missed out. It was mm-hmm. so much fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping we get a bigger showing for that for Easter. Um, I feel like if you're listening and you're a Candler family member, <laughs> here's your fair warning. Do it. Even if you're not a family member, we rent it out. Oh, so, you do? Yes, we, we oh, do. We cool. rent out our full facility um, as long as it's not the middle of the summer because that's yeah. priority to camp. Yeah. Um, but the escape room, most of the time, escape rooms, you're looking at 30 35 dollars a person wow. to go into an escape room ours is five a person wow and most of the time we you know we say it's five dollars a person but we're, we're taking donations wow. and we've had people do it that drop in a hundred dollars for a group of five people yeah. that are there because they like the ministry okay yeah, so we're going to link so that on the show notes so that totally. people can find that there we go. and our teaching team you just heard it well, it's such a team, fun, you're yeah. coming. it's such a fun team building mm-hmm. experience yeah. so it's one of the best team building things i've ever seen um mm-hmm. We did it with all of the different ministries at the Southside Mission, having those teams come out to do it. And you really get firsthand experience at seeing how communication happens, yeah. uh, seeing problem solving um, with, with the kids coming out to camp. One of my favorite things about it, as far as our camp program goes, is camp's an outdoors thing. Most of the kids that come out are athletic, but not every kid in the world is athletic. So this gives those kids the, the, creative, the creative ability, the creative outlet to tap into what Mm -hmm. they enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you can have a kid that goes out and plays on the basketball court and nobody picks him for his team. But you get into the escape room Mm -hmm. and the only reason they escape is because of that same kid. I love that. So it's really cool to see somebody face one of these elements and problem solve. I know how it works. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what they need to do and how close they are to Mm -hmm. solving it. But seeing the gears turn in their mind and how can I solve this? We have Mm -hmm. one element in there that we've probably sent six seven hundred people through there and a hundred percent of the time there's two ways to solve it hundred percent of the time every girl has done it one way and every boy has done it the other way wow every single time and we had no idea that that was going to happen when wow. we built it but it's really cool to see see all of those different things um, and when people get frustrated working through communication breakdowns because mm-hmm. communication can happen if people get frustrated it gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse <laughs> the more frustrated people get every family should go do this as a family mm-hmm. I mean, it. we did it with cousins and mm-hmm. siblings and children, you know, and things like that. But I can see that as a family, this would be such mm-hmm. a good communication test mm-hmm. builder, you yeah. know, at, I, I, it would be great. So and go to our show notes right now and follow the link and go do it. And we have it designed from eight years old all the way up to adults. Yeah, so. my, my, my 10-year-old did it and mm-hmm. participated really well, so... Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it was super fun. I loved it. And I have to just tell you, my children are adamant that we not miss a family gathering if it's at Camp Kearney. <laughs> Good. They Good. love it. One there. of my favorite things is to show off camp. Not just because like it's not the gloating of look at all these great things that we've done. It's 
It's your heart. Yeah, it's it. I'm so passionate about it, and yeah. I love the stories that are there, and not just the stories of ministry, but that's where Karen and I met. Yeah, that's yeah. where you know that my whole life journey has started, and I I have such a passion for Peoria, yeah. and for the city of Peoria, and what what I can do to help Peoria, hmm. and the fact that we have property that's 20 minutes outside of Peoria that is an outlet. You know, a place that kids don't have to worry about somebody shooting at them, drug dealing, you know, getting beat up. It's like, Um, it's just, it's a safe haven. It is. It is. It's truly your name. Well, Mm -hmm. and I, I would imagine you probably get kids come out there that have never been in the woods before. Oh no. We, it's very common to have a kid come out that has never left their zip code. Yeah. And thinking about that, like if I was going to the grocery store when I was growing up, I, it wasn't in my town. Yeah. I grew up in Groveland, so mm-hmm. I had to go somewhere else in the neighboring neighborhoods to go there. Yeah. And you get a lot of kids, I would imagine, from one of the poorest zip codes in the country. Yes. Yeah. So the 61605 zip code is the second poorest zip code in the state of Illinois, yeah. only behind a zip code in East St. Louis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's actually in the top 20 in the entire country yeah. per capita. Yeah. Um, and just this past year, uh, we made the list of top five for um, highest rate of homicides, mm-hmm. and the and again the you know being the, one of the poorest zip codes in mm-hmm. the country. So there's a huge need, mm-hmm. and I love showing people that it's a missions field, yeah. but right in our backyard. That's right. Okay, so a couple questions. First of all, is how do people listening that go, man, this is awesome. You know, I can't be boots on the ground, but how mm-hmm. can I support this ministry? How do people give? So the Southside Mission is the main location that that owns all of the ministries. So donations can be made to the Southside Mission. If you if you want to do a monetary donation, can be made to the Southside Mission. That goes to running all of our ministries, mm-hmm. not just camp, but our women and children's shelter, our youth department, our soup yeah. kitchen, our benevolence center, our thrift stores, whatever it happens to be. Um, if you're looking to help camp specifically, the biggest thing that we need is volunteer hours. Okay. Um, with 155 acres of property, it's very difficult to maintain that property, and yeah. we couldn't do it without volunteers. Uh, we have a group of uh, two guys that have been coming out to camp for 10-plus years that spend eight hours a day, once a week, mowing our property. Wow. If I mowed the property, by the time I got done mowing, it'd be time to start again. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we wouldn't get anything else done. So mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that's as easy as trimming trails, as weed eating, as painting projects, building projects. Uh, we have a group coming out in mid-April that's funding a new bridge for us, mm-hmm. and they're going to help us fund it and construct it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's stuff that we can't take out of our budget. Yeah. Uh, Southside Mission is complete not-for-profit. We have no government funding whatsoever, so everything that we're able to do comes in through donations. And so, your campers come for free. Yep, campers <laughs> come for free. Yeah. So, you know, we, we need those volunteer hours to be able to make things happen. Yeah. So yeah. We, And we have bigger organizations that will say, I want to give $4,000 to a project. Okay, we need people to help with that project. Yeah, yeah. that's so, cool. Um, and then we are always looking to hire our summer staff too. So uh, high school, sixteen to college age is kind of what we're targeting. Um, people. What kind of people are you looking for? Passionate about kids, passionate about Jesus, um, and just have a desire to serve. Yeah. Um, I've gone into it every single summer with the idea of I'm going to teach these kids something, mm-hmm. but I leave every summer being taught something new yeah um so it it definitely takes a calling to serve yeah to spend a summer out there it's a difficult job you know you're working 10 weeks sun up to sundown it's a residence camp so you're working even while you're sleeping um but if you're passionate about the ministry and you're passionate about serving it Mm -hmm. does not feel like a job how do they sign up uh, the best way is through our Facebook page is okay. where our application is at. Um, or you can email me at campcarney at southsidemission.org. Okay. Um, Facebook Messenger, 
you know, I respond to all of those. Our application is right on our Facebook page. Okay. Um, but we are still looking to fill our summer staff. So lots okay. of positions available. We'll link all of these on our show notes. And I just want to give a personal plug here. If you are a 16 to college, 16 year old to college age student and you're, you think my summer is going to be boring. I'm looking for something to do. do this. I, I love Jesus. Do this yeah. one because it will change your life i guarantee it anytime yeah. you go and you serve someone else it changes your life number two you get to spend the summer with aaron and kara and i guarantee you i guarantee you that you are not only going to be loved so so well yeah. you're going to learn yeah. what it looks like to be a young um godly married couple godly parents yeah. you're going to get the best discipleship yeah. that you could ever, ever ask for. And so it's worth every yeah. hour of hard work mm -hmm. just to be able to go and be mm -hmm. under the authority and the um, the leadership, the leadership yeah. of a couple like Aaron and Kara. So yeah. if you're a mom or a dad listening and you think this sounds like this would be perfect for my child, have them do this this summer. And reach out to Aaron because he's mm -hmm. clearly so passionate about it. His wife, Kara, is as well. And he can give you, he can help you determine, like, is this the right fit for my mm -hmm. student this year? Mm -hmm. And um, I just think that as someone who's super passionate about ministry and outreach and inner city, like, you can never go wrong loving mm -hmm. people. Yeah. And so I think this is huge. Um, Aaron, talk to us about how Kara and your daughters fit in at camp. It's one of the greatest things, being able to work when they're so close. So we, we live out there. Yeah. So I get to come home every day for lunch. Um, if I'm doing a building maintenance project, they'll come bring me coffee. They'll come bring me snacks, whatever it happens to be. Um, just having them around is, is huge. Uh, but I think the, the biggest impact that having my family there came from, it was either last summer or two summers ago. They're all kind of blurring together at this point. But I remember me, it, it was two summers ago cause Jada was the only one that was around. Um, Kara and I were walking to one activity area and they said, they looked at Kara and they said, you watching Mr. Aaron's baby? Kara mm -hmm. was like, watching Mr. Aaron's baby? This is my baby. Mm -hmm. They're, no, that's Mr. Aaron's baby. That's Are you watching his baby while he's at work? Wow. She's like, no, we're, we're married. This is our baby together. Man, that's weird was yeah. the response that we got. Mm -hmm. So the, the idea that there are kids, inner city kids that come from broken homes can see a mom and a dad, a young mom and a dad that are together that have a child that they're raising and also doing that ministry. Mm -hmm. um, and not just for our kids, but also for our staff. Mm -hmm. It's huge. Divorce is a big thing in, yeah. in today's society. Yeah. And it's, you know, we, we have a lot of weight on us. We put it on ourselves to try to be that positive role model as, as far as a married couple goes. Um, yeah. A lot of people meet and fall in love at camp. It happened to our camp director and his wife. It happened to Kara and I, it happened <laughs> to some of our other staff. Um, and you know, we want to promote what a healthy marriage looks like. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so Kara works part time during the off season and full time during the summer doing our programming and our Bible study. She's so passionate about kids. Mm -hmm. uh, we joke all the time that she can have them from newborn up to junior high and then I'll take them from there. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, she's she loves what she does and she's so good at it. Um, you, you can just see her passion and the way that she plans and teaches I couldn't pick a better person to, mm -hmm. to do that. Yeah, she just she just radiates Jesus. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. she's super um, calm mm -hmm. and relaxed mm -hmm. and laid back. She's never like asking for attention mm -hmm. or 
But she just, she really does yeah. carry that mantle so yeah. beautifully. Kids flock to her. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. most timid kid you can possibly imagine. I'll, you know, try to talk to him. He's not telling me anything. I'll look over and Kara's holding him. Yeah. How did you do that? Yeah. I've been trying to talk to him for five minutes. Yeah. Uh, but they can sense that that motherly, that warm and calm and yeah. nurturing spirit that she has. And kids are drawn to it. Yeah. yeah. Such yeah. a gift. So you mentioned that you've had to stretch yourself and learn a lot of things mm-hmm. in order to do new creative activities and mm-hmm. outlets and fix things. And what is one of your, I would say looking on as a cousin in love to you, mm-hmm. you are so creative and you're so gifted. So what's one of your favorite current creative outlets? I love building something, mm-hmm. building things. Um, we don't we don't look online for ideas on what to, we may look for like, this is kind of the activity that we want to do. But a lot of things, it's an, a concept we come up with our, in our mind and we grab some wood and some metal and some screws and whatever, and we put it together. Yeah. Uh, we've discovered that sometimes it doesn't work how we have it in our mind and we have to keep adjusting things. <laughs> but it's really cool to me, something I never got to really experience of, uh, well, one of the things I just finished working on is every summer that the kids when the kids come out, we do a wood craft for them because mm-hmm. it's something they don't get to do at home. Mm-hmm. So it's a craft that they construct and they build and they play with and they take home as a souvenir. Mm-hmm. All of that, those kits have to be made. So in about a month period of time, I made 15, 20,000 cuts and drilled 40,000 holes. And, you know, I took these huge piles of wood and I turned them into gallon sized Ziploc bags of airplanes. Mm-hmm. So they build these airplanes and they get to fly them and then take them home as a reminder. You know, it goes with our Bible study. It'll go with our summer theme. And it's just a reminder of their experience out at camp. Mm-hmm. But it's really cool starting out, you know, going to the store and spending X amount of money on all this material. And then by the time we're done, I get to see 400 kids make an airplane out of it. Wow, that's amazing. And that, you know, that's not to toot my own horn, but that's that's cool to see that, mm. that they get to experience that because I've I've learned how to put these together and how to construct these. And I'm mm. still learning. Paul's a huge mentor to me and a big help. Um, but I'm I'm trying to figure out a lot of it on my own too. I have a nearly nine-year-old who yes. would thrive as your apprentice if you need help All drilling right. holes. I was Sounds just going to say, I feel like there's a homeschool class in right? here somewhere. Right. Uh, I mean, I've heard a quote before that it takes like 10,000 hours of doing something before you consider it a master at it. I'm a master at digging holes, so <laughs> I've dug dug holes holes for days. Tell us about, I don't know what it's called, the slide? Yes, the runaway mountain slide. Oh my goodness, it's so much fun. <laughs> so the runaway mountain slide is a, is a relatively new uh, activity at camp. It's a 250 foot long four season toboggan slide right through the woods. So we started on top of a hill and it ends at the bottom of a hill. We have culvert pipe lined with FRP and you get on a winter sled and go down. It's, it's so fun. It's so much fun. It's a ton of fun. And <laughs> Can it's something, we please do it at Easter? Absolutely. Okay. It's okay. something that you don't, you can't just pack up the car mm-hmm. and let's go do the slide. Yeah. It's unique to, mm-hmm. to Camp Kearney. Yeah. yeah. It's so cool. It's a ton of fun. That was a big project to build. It took us a couple of years to build that. Um, and, you know, once it's done, we, Paul and I joke all the time that if somebody comes and walks by, they'll, they'll do it and be like, that's a ton of fun but they never understand how much work went into right. it. Mm-hmm. But we love that because seeing one kid go down and smile and, mm-hmm. you know, experience something new, mm-hmm. it's like the, that That's two it. years, that was yeah. worth it mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. And yeah. an adult. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a blast. It's a ton of fun. I love it. I can't wait to do it at Easter. <laughs> um, Aaron, we're getting ready to wrap up here, but what do you feel like God has done in your life recently that just has had a profound mm-hmm. impact on you? 
Last year's summer was a huge wake-up call for me, and it's changed my attitude going into this summer. Um, I mentioned before that we had staffing struggles, and our numbers yeah. were half of what they should be. And a lot of that was we had staff members that were backing out on us last minute. Mm. So I realized, you know, through talking to our family doctor and Jada's, Jada's and now me as pediatrician and, you know, different people that are close to us, that I was so caught up in uh, – two years ago was my first time hiring our summer staff. I was so caught up in the idea of look at this great staff I'm putting together. Check out how awesome my staff is. My staff is going to do wonderful things this summer. Look how amazing my staff is. And then ever, like slowly dropping, 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 dropping. And we ended up with half the number of kids that we wanted to have. Yeah. And um, Jada's pediatrician, Mia wasn't born at the time, but Jada's pediatrician was like, maybe you should take a step back and stop focusing on your staff. It's not your staff. And like, again, just like what my mom did to me, it was a punch <laughs> in the face of, you're right, this isn't my staff. Mm -hmm. So my mindset going into it and what God really taught me through last summer was, this is a ministry that's furthering God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be there. Kara doesn't have to be there, but the ministry is still going to run. Yeah. So we need to hire the staff with the idea of this is God's ministry. We're playing a small part in the larger picture. Mm -hmm. And whatever staff we put together is the staff that God calls to us that summer. Mm -hmm. So stop focusing on my staff. It's not my staff. Mm -hmm. I have nothing to do with it. I can do the interviews. I can do the paperwork. I can do the hiring. But we're not going to get any of those people if God doesn't call them to that ministry. Mm. So that's what I'm I'm really, really trying to focus on. Because it wasn't, of, wasn't about you. It wasn't about me. Mm -hmm. And I last summer, I was trying to make it about me. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I wanted it to be the greatest summer in Camp Carney history because it was my staff. Yeah. But it's not. So mm. the, this summer, like I said, my, my mind is very focused on mm. God, is this the person that you, you have called to this ministry? Is that's this so the good. right fit? Is this the person that's going to um, not just grow themselves, but help, you know, mentor and mm -hmm. evangelize to whoever is sent to us? And that is such a amazing lesson to learn mm -hmm. yeah. at such a young age. Yeah. Um, because it takes a lot of people years and years and years and years of doing something before they realize yeah. it's actually not about mm -hmm. them. Well, and I just think, too, how, how kind of God to teach you a lesson mm -hmm. in a gentle way, mm -hmm. like to teach you humility mm -hmm. in a really gentle way mm -hmm. and to go, just Aaron, I've got you. Mm -hmm. Like I've got your team. And ministry still happened last summer. Yeah. You know, we had half the number of kids, but a quarter of them made a decision for Christ. Yeah. Just huge. Did that happen to be Dr. Terry? It was. It was. <laughs> We're really trying to get him to come on here. That would be awesome. He he's, he's incredible. He is. I, I know all of our listeners are like, we keep hearing about this guy. He is incredible. We'll get him on. Yeah. I'm going to ask him. If yeah. you're listening, Mary, put a bug in his ear. <laughs> we need Dr. Terry. He, he was a, a big, big voice I needed at that time. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I feel like even now it's changed my perspective so much on what this summer is. We all three have all that in us. common. He mm -hmm. has spoken so much truth and wisdom mm -hmm. and love into all of our passions mm -hmm. and all of our direction. You know, he's such an example for me of it doesn't matter what your profession is or mm -hmm. what your paycheck is, mm -hmm. you still are in ministry. Absolutely. You still have the opportunity to impact mm -hmm. people, to pour into people. Because you probably yep. were in there for Jada's yep. checkup. Had yes. no intention of talking about. And here he is pouring into you yep. in a way that um, is life-changing yep. for you. And if, yeah. if you know who he is, it's again the most gentle and calm voice you could ever possibly yes. imagine. Yeah. But yeah. man, did it cut deep that uh -huh. day. Uh -huh. <laughs> like it was... 
totally been there. Yep. And I (laughs) know even now, you know, God's still teaching me to trust and be patient, you know, with the whole talks of Peoria school districts going to year long school Mm. that changes our program. It changes what Mm. I do. Um, but you know, I'm having to constantly rely on stay faithful and God's going to provide whatever, whatever that looks like we'll adapt, we'll adjust. And God's ministry is going to happen regardless of what us or government or schools or city or whoever has to say about it. God's ministry is going to happen. That's right. Yeah. He won't be pushed back to the back corners. Okay. So we're going to wrap up, but I want to know, so you're in full-time ministry, which Mm -hmm. is a thing in all of its own, Mm -hmm. but you're a husband, you're a dad, you're a son, you're a friend. How do you refresh? Uh, so it, I kind of have two ways of refreshing. I love being outdoors. Being outside is kind of my thing. I love fishing. Um, I love doing things outside. But my biggest way to, to refresh is being around people. I'm very mm-hmm. similar to what you mentioned at the beginning. Kara yeah. uh, is very much, I need my quiet time. I need alone time. <laughs> I, I like to do and I like to be around people yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, I feed off of other people's energy. If, you know, if I'm in a room where everybody's all bummed, that's, that's how I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. But if I'm learning something new and hearing somebody's passions and hearing somebody's heart and hearing what what's going on. Um, and it doesn't even have to be that. It can just be having a good time. Yeah. I love being around people and I can leave a group of people and just think like, man, I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Um, but once summer happens, I am ready for that quiet time. Yeah. You know, we're constantly running and doing and being around kids and other staff all summer. And I'm ready to go back to walking around camp and being outside in nice weather and mm-hmm. getting a reminder of God's creation and this is land that we have to do the ministry because it's been provided to us. Yeah. Um, and just being able to to be present in that is is huge for me. And then I can go home and be around other people. Yeah. So uh, yeah. so it, it just kind of depends on the season of life that I'm in. Right after that 10 weeks, it's, it's very much like I need to focus on why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Our, my job brings frustrations just like every other job does. And it brings times where I question, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Yeah. But at the end of every summer... Yeah, I I get a clear cut answer of yes, this is mm-hmm. this is where I have you. This mm. this is what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Well, for what it means to you, um, you are right on where you're supposed to be. And in this season of your life, you and Kara are living out God's call in your life mm-hmm. so beautifully. And you are making him famous mm-hmm. in your sphere of influence. And it is extraordinary because you're touching so many individuals lives that then has the ripple effect Mm -hmm. of hundreds and hundreds of families, you know? So Mm -hmm. I just, as someone who has been in ministry a long time and seen a lot of people come and go from ministry, Mm -hmm. I am so proud of you both. Just over the moon proud of you. Thank you. Well done. We're getting to the point now in our, our ministry that we're starting to see people that we met when they're eight and they're getting ready to graduate high school. So cool. And it's it's this really cool experience. I had a kid um, from the inner city that I that I had been really close to my heart for a long time contact me the other day, the other day and say, Mr. Aaron, how do you get your idea for your tattoos? I was like, I, I don't know. I just come up with an idea and I get it done. And he asked if he could get one done that was exactly like mine and if I could send him a picture. And a lot of times it's like, no, that's, it's my thing. You know, you can't steal my idea. But for that kid at that time, like that's something that resonated with him and that connected with him. And I feel that connection of, you know, we, we have that same thing in common and I can, you know, continue that, that mentoring as he goes on and he's getting ready to graduate high school. Mm. So 
it's amazing. it's really cool seeing that progression um, and running into people that said I went to Camp Kearney when I was when I was a little girl and they're 65. So, so cool. Okay, um, that was my last question. Tell us about your tattoos if you can. Yeah, what do they I mean? have. They're so well, cool. Some of them have meaning. Some of them not so much. Um, but majority of them are all are all ha- they all have to do with my ministry, my okay. story. At some point, the very first one I got was John sixteen thirty three and a cross on my chest. Um, and I'm currently right now working on tattoos on the upper of my right arm. That's like a, my passions sleeve, mm. I guess you can say. Um, I have a skyline of the city of Peoria with a heart in it. I love that. My, I've been looking at that. connection to Peoria. Um, <laughs> I really, really, really want to do beekeeping. It's mm. a huge passion of mine that I'm not even invested in yet. Um, but I love bees. So I have a, a beehive that has my family hive on it that I'm going to keep adding to. Cool. I have, uh, when, before Jada was born, we didn't tell anybody her name. We just called her little bug and she had a bumblebee outfit coming home from the hospital and Kara had a shirt that said, I'm bringing home a baby bumblebee. So I got a bee tattoo for her. Um, the, the one that I have Ahava in Hebrew on my wrist, which is unconditional love. I have it on my right hand because I'm right-handed and mm-hmm. it's very difficult to hide. Mm-hmm. So it's showing love and all that mm-hmm. I do, um, being making sure that w- if I'm doing something with my right hand, I'm looking at it as I'm doing it. So mm-hmm. it's a reminder of is mm-hmm. this in love. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good. So, and I have Amago Dei on my left arm that's Latin for created in the image of God, created beautiful in the image of God as a reminder of regardless of who you are, yeah. you are a creation and you're a beautiful creation. Um, and a lot of these things came from people not I didn't struggle with them personally but I was very connected to people that struggled with self-worth and mm-hmm. um the organization to write love on our arms with you know mm-hmm. self-harm and suicide and having love on my arm you know it's something that's very real to me and being in inner city ministry it's very real to a lot mm-hmm. of those kids so um I do get a lot of questions on my tattoos of being in ministry and having visible tattoos mm-hmm. uh but we also work with inner city kids yeah. which I've had 13 year olds come out with two sleeve like full sleeves mm-hmm. of tattoos and mm-hmm. neck tattoos and a face tattoo and yeah. um it's you know it's nothing ab- abnormal for them. Yeah. So I'm hoping to add more. Uh just they're expensive. Yeah. <laughs> so uh they'll come but it's it is a really good conversation starter for some yeah. people of like why do you have a gnome on your arm? Yeah. Well, me and my roommate in college love Christmas and the idea of Christmas and celebrating Christmas. And our first decoration together was a garden gnome. So, <laughs> so fun. somebody was giving out free tattoos to be, to train to be a tattoo artist and gave me a gnome. I love it. So. And that stigma of ministry and tattoos don't go together needs mm-hmm. to die. Yeah. Yes, it does. I mean, it just does. That's yeah. old religious yeah. garbage. Judgmental. And, yeah. And you, and it, the spirit of Jesus is freedom. Right. Yeah. If that means, it doesn't mean there isn't truth. We're not talking about that. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about being free to be who you mm-hmm. are and yeah. be used. Mm-hmm. And that, that just needs to die. Yep. So cool. The number one comment I get is, doesn't the Bible say your body's a temple? Well, yeah, but the temple is a place of worship. And I worship Jesus through what I tell people, right. how mm-hmm. I act, what's on my body to talk yeah, to them. That's right. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know... If that's the case, scars are abusing the temple that that's God right. gave you. Yeah. That's right. So. That's so good. I love it. And and you know, and I can imagine that your tattoos open doors mm-hmm. that handing them a Bible could never Absolutely. open. Absolutely. Especially with ones that I, some I have on my body that I can hide easily. Yeah. And some that I have uh, the ichthus Jesus fish on my hand. The only way to cover that is by wearing a pair of gloves. And I'm not going to go into the office wearing a pair of gloves because yeah. that looks weird. Yeah. yeah. looks way more weird than having a tattoo on <laughs> yeah. my hand. But 
it's kind of my way of saying, I understand that this is a professional environment and I need to, you know, be professional, but here's my ministry and this yeah. is, yeah. this is who I am. I can, I can yeah. present that ministry. This is, you're getting me this way. And don't so, you think that's how Jesus was? I absolutely think yeah. so. Yeah. Mm. You know, there's a, there's a reason all the stories are, he's not with the rich and the wealthy. That's and the, right. You know, he's with the people that, that are broken and the people yeah. that are, I imagine if he was here right now, he'd be walking down the streets, ministering to people who are covered head to toe in tattoos. 100%. Yeah. And if it, that meant he gets a tattoo in a tattoo mm-hmm. shop to minister to yes. the tattoo artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see him as absolutely. the kind of person that would do that. Oh, I love that. Aaron, I'm super excited because God has opened the door for our church to have a new church building mm-hmm. that we're renovating in the just downtown in right. Peoria. And I just see this mm-hmm. great collaboration mm-hmm. of cousins who get to partner with each other in ministry mm-hmm. and us getting to send students your way and yes. uh, summer staff your way yes. and people who meet people in our church doors who then need summer mm-hmm. Um, mentoring and discipleship yeah. and All so impacting that city that's on your exactly. arm on your arm for Jesus because we feel the exact same yep. way about yep. what God's called us to and the cool yeah. thing about being connected to the Southside Mission is it doesn't have to be Camp Carney yes. we're we're one big ministry yeah. if you need after school tutoring get them enrolled yeah you know that's that's what they're there for I love that that's the heart of Jesus that's so good yeah well thank you for sharing your story absolutely thank yeah. you for having me it's been a blast we're glad you're part of our family. Me too. <laughs> yeah, we really are. Well, friends, thanks for tuning in. Please share this episode with somebody. And if you have a student yes. that needs to be serving in summer leadership, sign them up. And if you have a student who needs to participate as a student, as a camper, sign them up. You know, I really fully believe the reason that I am in ministry, and I, I'm not going to speak for you, but I think this is your heart too, is because when I was a teenager, I did ministry. Yes. I didn't do Camp Carney, but I did similar things yeah. where we were put in places of servant leadership yeah. at a young age. And yeah. it's why I'm 40 plus years old and in still in ministry. ministry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So share this, share this episode with someone that you think has a child who would benefit from going and serving this summer at camp. Thanks so much for listening. We'll chat with you next time.